Hello, friends, and welcome to How to Be 40, my podcast that attempts to delineate what it means to transition from juvenile thinking behavior to genuine maturity. I want to begin by sharing with you the voice of Sam Burns. Here, he's sitting on a dimly lit stage for a TEDx talk. He's alone on a red carpet with a vast, silent audience tucked away in the darkness. It's October of 2013. Okay, so hello everyone. Uh, I'm Sam, and I just turned 17. A few years ago, before my freshman year in high school, I wanted to play snare drum in the Foxborough High School marching band. However, and it was a dream that I just had to accomplish, but each snare drum and harness weighed about 40 pounds each. And I have a disease called progeria, so just to give you an idea, I weigh about only 50 pounds. Sam doesn't look normal. He has a hard time breathing, as you can maybe tell even while he's speaking. Progeria, a very rare but devastating genetic disorder, makes Sam look deformed and much older than he actually is. He's frail but speaks confidently. After a bit about his journey and his life, he summarizes a section of his talk. Thank you. So the bottom line here is that I hope that you appreciate and love your family, love your friends for you guys, love your bros, and (laughs) acknowledge your mentors and your community because they are very real aspects of everyday life that can make a truly significant positive impact. I want you, actually, and I too, I want us to hear more from Sam, but not yet. First, I want you to answer this question. It's a question that you've no doubt asked yourself before. What is success? Seriously, think about yourself, what you believe, what you've accomplished, what you hope to achieve, and why. If I say a person is successful, what in your mind do you picture that person to have accomplished? Now, this is an important question, and again, we've we've all tackled this, but I want you to kind of articulate it in your mind. Bear with me. Check out these quotes. Colin Powell said, there are no secrets to success. It is the result of preparation, hard work, and learning from failure. Henry David Thoreau, he was a poet and philosopher. He said, success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Jim Rohn, he said that successful people do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do. Don't wish it were easier. Wish it were better. I think these are all kind of fancy, but none of them actually define success, right? Like, this is what you need to do to succeed. What's success? I have no idea. Don't don't worry about it. This is what you got to do. Let's talk about a few definitions of success. For some, success is an entitlement, right? Like fame or a powerful corporate position, something like that. When a young entrepreneur by the name of Jason Demers wrote an article entitled 51 Quotes to Inspire Success in Your Life and Your Business, Guess whose picture graced the title page? Steve Jobs. Is he the ideal example of success? I'm going to let you ponder on that as we move forward. But here's a fun, here's a good one. Here is a good situation here. I'm going to pose a hypothetical scenario and I want you to kind of answer it in your own mind. Let's say you live in a small town or community and you have one of two choices. A, you can have an annual salary of $100,000 a year. And all of the other workers in the community earn 200000 a year. Make 100000 bucks a year, but everybody around you makes double that. 
option two for you or option A, B. I can't remember what I said. It doesn't matter. Second option, you can have an annual salary of $50,000 a year and all of the workers in the community earn $25,000 a year. So you, you can make less here. You make half of what the first offer was, but you make double everyone else. Which do you choose? I'm going to let you think about it. Okay, time's up. When I was asked this question, my immediate honest answer revealed what I considered a major problem because I chose the $50,000 salary. And only because it meant that I would have more money than all those around me. I actually called a friend of mine named Ricky. I said, hey, dude, what would you choose? And he disappointed me. He chose the noble one. But my choice, it ties closely to the entitlement mindset, right? Have something that others don't. Have a resource that those around me do not have. I read a book a couple years ago. It's called The Formula, The Universal Laws of Success by Albert Laszlo Barabashi, which, by the way, I would uh, not recommend. Don't, don't go buy that book. In his book, he defines success as the rewards we earn from the communities we belong to. So, ta-da, that's success right there, according to him anyways. The rewards we earn from the communities we belong to. Hold that thought. I'm going to bring in another aspect here. A friend of mine named Dane, years ago, he was cut from the Seattle Seahawks. Good football player, got pulled to Seattle, but he was cut. And that resulted in, uh, well, he was very sad. He was very depressed about it. And he later told me while he was on a getaway to various countries to clear his mind in search of a new perspective, he claimed to have learned that if a person is happy, they are successful. He was on a boat on the Nile River. The pyramids were in the background. He Very, very interesting and really awesome scenario he was in. But he saw these kids smiling, and that's when that epiphany hit him, right? He said, if you are happy, you're successful. And he brought that home with him, and he told me. I thought that was very interesting. But remember Sam Burns, the young man suffering from progeria that we heard from just a few minutes ago? The title of his talk that he's giving there is, quote, my philosophy for a happy life. So he's addressing happiness. Dane is saying that happiness means success. I think maybe Dane is on to something with this happiness thing, but we're going to move on for now. So Colin Powell and an army of other folks tell us what it takes to succeed, but they don't define success. Others point the finger at people like Steve Jobs and say, that's what we're shooting for. That is success. Here's where things changed for me a little bit. Not too long ago, I was encouraged to do something that proved incredibly enlightening. The objective was for me to write down or record each time I felt an incredible sense of joy. And you, you know what I'm talking about. There, there are certain moments in our life, very brief, one or two or three seconds where we just feel immense joy. And so what I did was as I just created a list on my phone, a little notes app, you know, and I recorded those moments. Just It might have been a couple of times a week. It might have been just a, a couple of times every year. But I would record those. And some people, call, by the way, some people call that feeling elation. In fact, so elation is defined as an exhilarating psychological state of pride and optimism, an absence of depression. So that's how we're going to go with. So the challenge was to record those moments. And then after several have been recorded, I think I got about a dozen or so, look through the list and look for consistencies. And I would like to share in part some of the things on my list. So I remember distinctly, my wife and kids and I had gone to watch a movie in Odessa, Texas, United States. And we're walking out of the movie 
And I just get that feeling. I get that feeling of elation for a few seconds that I am just super happy. And I don't, I don't remember the movie. It was probably a crappy movie. But anyways, because we have to watch all these kids' movies. But anyways, uh, so we watched the movie. We got to eat some food. The weather was nice. I'm comfortable. I'm with my wife and kids. And it was just, it was immense. So that was awesome. Another moment, about a year ago, I'm in Boulder, Colorado with some friends. They live out in the, uh, in the mountains. There's trees and stuff, which we don't have in Odessa. And I'm walking through the trees. I'm actually trying to clear a road for an event that's going to happen. And I get that feeling of elation. It's wonderful weather. I'm in a beautiful place up at the house just a couple of hundred yards away. There's wonderful people that I'm going to get to spend the next few days with. Just a really incredible experience. And I'm not going to go through my whole list, but uh, when I'm sitting watching TV with my children, when I was riding horses with my family, there are times, this actually happens relatively frequently, I'll be in bed, we're closing down the day, I'm in bed, everything's shut off, our brains are off, and my wife's over there, and I'll just, I'll be so happy that she's right there. I just get that feeling of elation, of immense joy, I'm just so in love with her, and it's just amazing. And it's not sexual, not all the time, but it's not, it's not a sexual thing, I'm just, I'm just really appreciative of her being there and in my life. Now, I know that if I touch her and I wake her up, she's going to punch me in the face, and i got to wax on, wax off, block the kick. So that's a different story, but again, that's just one of those moments. So playing baseball with my son, having deep conversations with my daughter. Uh, before I had my wife and children, I would experience those moments like uh, on a wakeboard with my friends on the boat and riding motorcycles with my homies. So when I took time to review the list, when I looked for consistency, every single one had to do with friends and or family. That was the only true form consistency. Some of those moments happened outdoors, some indoors, some uh, via an activity of some sort, like CrossFit or so forth, some not, some being very, very still, some in the daytime, some in the nighttime, some this, some that. Family and friends was the only one that touched every single one of those moments. Before I go on, Let's hear from Sam Burns one more time. Next aspect to my philosophy is that I surround myself with people that I want to be with, people of high quality. I'm extremely lucky to have an amazing family who have always supported me throughout my entire life. And I'm also really fortunate to have a really close group of friends at school. Now we're uh, kind of goofy. A lot of us are band geeks but we really enjoy each other's company and we help each other out when we need to. We see each other for who we are on the inside. Are you staying with me on this? This young man is dying. He's not looking for popularity. He's not finding solace in money in the bank. He is finding joy in friends and family. Here's the deal. On my list, exorbitant amounts of money were not needed for any of these. Fame, power, prestige, not needed for any of these. The things that we are told to acquire by corporate America, media, whatever, to find joy have absolutely nothing to do with what actually brings joy, at least in my case. When I made the list, it became clear that the things that resulted in sincere, meaningful joy were not something I could attain on my own, but rather they were gifts. And before I fall into the trap of thinking that they are rewards that I have earned, I've got to consider the true source of those moments 
where time with friends and family resulted in elation or happiness. I would be doing myself a grave disservice if I failed to recognize that source. And the source is a loving God, period. The resources we should be looking to acquire have nothing to do with money. What we should be looking to accomplish is the procurement of a relationship with the gift giver, period. Now, I want to reveal something that I believe is incredible. I think this is immensely profound. And for those of you with big question marks and skepticism, just bear with me. So in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, these dudes are like, they're asking Jesus a ton of questions. What's this? What's that? Teach us this. Teach us that. You know, they're kind of, they're some, no doubt, some of those are kind of very skeptical, actually. So they're, they're going to pose a lot of questions. But they ask Jesus, what is the greatest law? They have these different laws, blah, 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 blah. What is the greatest law? Numero uno. And this is what he says. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And in the very next verse, he says the second greatest commandment, number two, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if you read that at face value without truly attempting to understand it, it's very easy to think that that's bull crap. Wait, 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 Jesus. You're telling me that my purpose in life is to love and commit my life to a God I can't see, and then I have to care about people, I have to prioritize other people to the same degree I care about myself? What, what is this? But here's the deal. By loving others, what happens when you love others? You develop these incredibly strong, satisfying relationships where these mutual commitments to one another result in a number of fruitful emotions like belonging, value, and appreciation. And by loving God above all else, we establish a deep, meaningful relationship with him. And who's him? Who's the capital H-M? He's the gift giver. He's the guy who brings those into our life that allow for feelings of elation. He's the guy handing out presents. Check this out. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, he says, Let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Guys, <laughs> think about this, please. It doesn't get any better than this. If we are sincerely committed to this concept of, quote, success, we must see this undeniable connection between God, love, the gifts in our lives, and ultimately our joy. If we dig into what brings us joy, if we research what brings us joy, we find they are gifts. If we dig into the source of the gifts, we find God. And when we prioritize our pursuit of God, we find love. And it's love, only love, that was served at no expense to us through friends and family, the gifts that bring us joy. It's all connected. We're not told to love God and love others. Like, okay, I am a slave to God and others just, woe, woe is me. We are called to be servants, but in that service is joy. In that service is success. In that service is elation. If you, by the way, if you really want to have your mind blown, dig into Jesus and his connection to love, but we're going to save that for later. Although this is hard for some people to digest, I realize that. Success comes through following the rules, not the rules of the world. 
not the accumulation of these resources that we can't take with us that can be gone in an instant, but the rules of loving the Lord with all that we are and loving others as ourselves, which ironically enough results ultimately in our joy, in our satisfaction, our contentment, and our elation. Money, fame, prestige, those are not resources to move us towards success. Rather, in all honesty, they are distractors. Dane was on the right track when he suggested that happiness was a measurement of success. Sam was onto something when he talked about the importance of friends. This is what I want you to do. And trust me, you are going to be so glad you did if you choose to do it. I want you to make that list. Every time you feel immense joy, sincere joy, a complete absence of anything even resembling depression, I want you to take note of it. Take note of where you are, what you were doing, and who you were with. And be aggressively honest with yourself about that source. I promise, when you start digging, your answer, that source is going to be so different than what we're taught by the rest of the world. I'm Noah Dean. Thanks for listening. Thank you.